I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Gwynn waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there with it. Oh, doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. Broadcasting from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today, Eric is done being a sick little bitch, so the guys will tell you all about their spring training trip. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric LeBoo. And welcome back, everybody, to the 5.5 Podcast. I am your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside Eric LeBou. Welcome back, Eric. Thank you, thank you. I am sorry, Leisure Fryer, that we did not record a podcast. Is he alive? I don't know. Has, has he, he has he tweeted out? Because last I checked last night on Twitter, after Leisure Fryer went on a bitch fest all weekend complaining <laughs> that nobody was uh, putting a podcast out, it had been 11 hours the last time uh, we were on the Leisure Fryer watch. Did, did, anybody, did anybody hear from him? Did he hit his life alert button? What's going on? Yeah, no, unfortunately, he's still alive. So he's still alive and kicking. He's fine. You know, we brought out all the equipment to record out in Peoria. Uh, we brought everything, and... Uh, the day I was telling Danny and uh, AJ who we went with, I was like the whole year, 365 days up until that day, I'm looking forward to our spring training trip. And what happens the day that we go out, I'm sick. I start <laughs> to feel in the back of my throat. I can feel in my nose. I'm getting sick. And I, I was mad as fuck. So the whole trip, I had nasal spray. I had Kleenex and I had tequila. Awesome. Lots of tequila. I think we did, we didn't finish the uh, Jack Daniels. We definitely finished the tequila. Yeah, so the tequila was done. Um, you know, we we brought everything out there. We even set it up on Saturday night. First of all, we should have recorded Friday night because that's when we were on a good one. But we instead decided to go to the classiest joint in Phoenix, Alaskan Bush Company. <laughs> that's a great name, Alaskan Bush Company, a local strip club, which had. Uh, the option of topless and full nude. Yes. Which was a, a nice touch. It is. Very say. unique. They need to bring that to San Diego. So, yeah. And, and then even when we got back uh, Saturday night, we had everything set up and ready to go. And then we looked at the clock. It was 1230. I barely had a voice. <laughs> he could barely breathe. He couldn't. Uh, Eric couldn't breathe to the point to where he thought AJ was mocking him when AJ got out of the car to sniff the fresh air. Eric was so insecure about his breathing, he looked at him and called him a son of a bitch. Yeah. And he thought he was mocking him because when Eric tried to sniff, it was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fucking miserable. How much nasal spray did you go through? A lot, dude. I went through a whole... Uh, you went through my whole thing. Yeah, I went through a whole thing and I bought another one. So I'm good now. I'm good. I'm ready to rock and roll. So Excellent. Yeah, hell of a trip, though. I will say, as, as fun as it was, because, again, when, when you go down there, we always advise, go to the backfields if you're going to go, because it's free baseball. Sometimes you get the major leaguers mixed in, like we saw Austin Hedges stealing at bats. He took Clayton Richards' uh, role this year, stealing at bats field to field. But then you see guys like. Uh, and what did Katz. Hedges do back there? He struck sucked. out. He struck out. I, I think three, three times? times. Yeah, he struck wow. out three times against minor leaguers. Three times. Good shit, Swoon. Yeah. Who knows? Who cares? Nothing new. Um, but you, you get free games, and actually, what we did this year is um, I didn't know this, but that 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 older, that kind older gentleman, that elder there. Directed us to the uh, to the uh, building. So when you get in the lot, if you walk, it's it's between the backfields and then the actual stadium. There's like a <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting choked up. There's like <laughs> this little building where you can walk in, and it, I think the media typically goes in there. But they have like you know schedules and they have rosters. So we just walked in there, and the guy was like, "Yeah, go in there. They'll give you schedules and rosters." And I think, where did, did we drive to Scottsdale is where we went? No. Surprise. We, surprise. Surprise. We drove to Surprise to the Royals and uh, Rangers Complex to go watch a couple of Padre Minor League games there. And that was, I mean, other than the fucking walk. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the parking lot. That was rather difficult. But other than that, that was pretty cool. We made like a little road trip for a free minor league game. Yeah, it was cool. So if you go out there, you got to make sure you go to that place. You can get all the... Uh, get the schedules i'm getting choked up too. get the schedules and everything there is funny whenever whenever we'd walk up to that or whenever we'd walk past like some players or whatever i would always joke about excuse me why didn't you guys interview dave roberts (laughs) (laughs) first i'd go up there hi danny ortiz 5.5 podcast yeah so yeah make sure you if you have if you are heading down there and i don't know why you're going so late 
Um, well, actually, Roy and Angela are coming by later. They're heading out, uh, I think, tomorrow. So there you as go. I'm, as I'm saying that, still a good time to go out tomorrow. No, it is. It is. Um, but you know, it's when you go out there, the backfield. That's the place to be. And unfortunately for us, we were jacked to go back there and see Mackenzie Gore, see Fernando Tatis, all those guys, right? So the day before we go out there, Gore throws and he threw like three innings. We're like, fuck, maybe we'll catch him on the last day. Nope. Nope. Not Didn't even a bullpen. Him. But. Him and Paddock through the day after we fucking left. Of course they did. So we did see Tatis in live action. I think he made a couple nice plays in that road game. We went to it short. Um, he popped up on a pitch and then he fucking bunted. Yeah. And I hate bunting. Why? I, I'm assuming they told him to bunt. I can't imagine why he would want to bunt. Yeah. He tried dropping a bunt. He saw us there. He said, <laughs> and he dropped the bunt. Yeah. We did get to see a lot of Urias. I think we saw him take like five or six at bats. God, I love Urias, dude. I do too. I he, really feel like he could open up the season as the second baseman and not skip a beat. I was just going to say, he looks ready. Now, he didn't, he made a lot of contact. I think he struck out once, but he made some contact. Um, but he just looks, I, I don't know what it is, I mean, the eyeball test, but he he looks like he's ahead of it, right? Like, he looks like he doesn't belong in minor league camp anymore. Yeah, he's wasting his time. I, I agree, but, you know, I can't blame the Padres for using the system to their benefit and getting an extra year by keeping him down for whatever it is, two, four weeks. And that Acuna kid just got sent down, and he was lighting the world on fire. I'm interested to hear what their GM said. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's on base is like five fifty or yeah. something. For you know, spring. we we want his pitch selection to you know to get some improvement. Yeah, right. <laughs> this bullshit. Yeah, um, but no, it was really fun. I mean, we got to see uh, Reggie Lawson. Got to see him throw live, real free and easy. Yeah, throws hard, premium breaking ball. We got to see uh, Trey Wingington. Um, Kevin Charity's favorite uh, athlete in the system, Rob Boykin. Yeah, Rob Boykin was there. Who's not white, for those who thought he was white. <laughs> I thought he was white. Why'd you think he was white? I don't know. What made you Boykin think he was white? just made me think he was white. <laughs> don't lie. You thought he was white, too. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's what I thought. You saw a man of color and was like, wait, is this the wrong? Who gave well, no, I think Maybe Kevin, he was... I think Kevin said he was from Alabama or something, and that's what told me. Ding, ding, ding. White. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, ding, he, ding, ding. Yeah, he is, in fact, uh, black. Yes. Or colored, he's... as Leisure Fire would say. <laughs> yeah, it's colored. He's not oriental. <laughs> yeah, so on the on the drive out there, uh, the early morning drive, what, 5 a.m. drive? Five, 5 5.30 drive. Wet and rainy and sliding all over the roads there. Danny drove this time, thank yeah. God. Um, on the way out there, we listened to a couple shows. We listened to the East Village Times podcast. Uh, we also listened to the Gwintelligence podcast. Uh, we started to listen to the Kept Faith podcast with David J., but then uh, our trip was coming to an end, so I had to finish that one up later. But the Gwintelligence pod, they had a good debate there in regards to... Real good to, debate. Um, He's got to turn it up. That's my only, <laughs> that's my only complaint. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jose Perella versus Hunter Renfro in regards to who's going to be the left fielder. So as we were driving through the... Uh, vacation oasis that is Gila Bend. You know, you can fry an egg out there. It's so hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As, as we were uh, driving through the oasis that was Gila Bend, we were listening to that show, and there was a lot of good talk there. What do you, what do you think about the uh, left field? Is it Renfro? Is it Perella? What's, what's your take? I think we tend to agree here, which is a little bit boring, but what's your take? If we're talking strictly for left field, um, I do not sacrifice Hunter Renfro for Jose Perella. Because I think not? I think that's what you're doing. The reason being is that, I'll be the first guy to say I don't think Renfro develops anything more into a Mark Trumbo player who's, you know, anywhere from a replacement level player to a league average player. And for those who don't know, when you look at war, two wins is usually about league average. I think that's what he is with some upside in there, maybe. But he's still, what, he was 25 last year, so he'll be 26 this year. To me, you still have 26, 27, 28, 29. You have four more years to hope that he develops and peaks as something above average. And I think that has a chance to be a part of the next great Padres team. Even if Perella doesn't regress to be below league average, which that was uh, Jagoff's um, argument is that, you know, Renfro projects to be below league average, as does Perella. Even if Perella holds as a league average bat. Um, which he probably won't. He might. I mean, he might. His projection right now is is he's... Per Fangraph's projection, he's going to be like 4% below league average. To me, that's average. That's, yeah, It's not dramatically so to where I could comfortably say, yeah, he's about average. Even then, like, that's you're probably going to get that for peak years. What's he, 27 or 28 now? Who's that? Perella. Perella. He's 28. 28. So you get that for two more years, and then he's gone. And, you know, and then he's 30. And he's just, to me, it's just, it, there's too much limited upside to sacrifice Renfro for uh, for Perella's at-bats. Now, 
I think they should try to find a way to get Perel at bats. Eric's laughing here because uh, his dog, my nephew Joseph, <laughs> grabbed a uh, squeaky toy. So I don't know if you heard the little quack in the background over there. Yeah, go ahead, keep talking. If I take away from him, I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Let me leave my nephew alone. Um, but um, to me, I would just stick Perel at second. I'm not really all too concerned with second base defense um, and. I don't think a Swahe or Spangenberg really provide anything other than, like, bench utility type roles. I would rather take a bats away from them, guys who I think are at best fringe major leaguers, with another fringe major leaguer who might hit a little bit more, than to take a bats away from a Renfro. And I think you and I are on the same page on that anyways. I agree there. And when we were watching the practices, we were watching them take infield on the backfields as well. Which is actually really cool. It is cool. And I don't know if this is telling or not, but they they had Hosmer out there in, in their first group. So they had Hosmer at first. At second base, they had Perella. At shortstop, they had obviously Galvis. Mm-hmm. And they had Villanueva backing him up. Yep. And at third, they had Headley. So the secondary group that went out there, that's when Aswahe went out there. That's when Spangenberg went out there. And that's when Dusty Coleman went out there. So I don't know if, hey, maybe that's their thought to put Perella at second base, but that's how they're practicing it. And, yeah, maybe we just saw him take a, a few ground balls. And he looked like he was holding his own. I'm not going to say, hey, he's, he's going to be great based off of what we saw because we didn't see much. Oh, he's a gold glover, Eric. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't, we didn't see much. But what we did see... He could hold his own over there. And He's going to field the ball if you hit it to him. Well, like you said, not really worried about second base defense. I'm not. I'm so by not. putting Perella at second base, you're taking at-bats away from Spangenberg, which, I mean, I think we can agree. No one gives a shit about Spangenberg. He's, he's had his time. He is what he is. We know what he's going to be. Is he's he injury gonna... prone as well. He is. And by the way, his wrist was wrapped up when we were out there. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. like, of course, dude. It's like, guys, <laughs> he's a walking China doll. So basically, you know what he's going to be. Is he going to be a part of the next great Padre team? No. Probably not. Probably not. You have Aswahe, which I think we all pretty know what he's going to be also. Does he have any any chance of breaking out with the big power tool? No. Can't, no. He's he's not. Okay. He, he doesn't play shortstop. I, I do like... I do like what Jagoff said in the in the sense of uh, you or H J Preller, you can't <laughs> taking at bats away like that. The, the the best player on the team last year, the best hitter on the team, saying hey, you don't have a spot on this year's team. I can see where that goes against the the culture bit that they were talking about. So the solution to that is to put him at second base to where, hey, yeah, his defense might struggle a little bit, but by putting him at second base, everyone wins. Okay, you get Renfro. He gets to work his way out of his struggles. He gets to face right-handed pitching. He gets to work on his plate discipline because, to Marver's point, they're not, he's not gonna, he has nothing to take out of going to AAA. He doesn't, but I don't think sending him down to AAA is a death knell either because I do believe He has nothing to prove. The thing is, is that nothing. I believe in sending guys down there if you give them a specific, if you give them a specific goal to hit. I, I was talking to Off the Record per usual with Kevin Charity. I think I'm just gonna have a show called Off the Record. I was gonna say record. you guys should start a podcast Off the Record. Yeah, we should. We'll do it under this umbrella. Yeah, uh, it'll be the counter to you and Rich and that shit show. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks to everyone who listened to that first episode of Padres Twitter podcast. It is great. Um, but I think if you send him down there, and according to Kevin, from what he gathered with you know people he knows within the organization, that was the idea when they sent Renfro down there. It was to, hey, you need to work on your pitch recognition, laying off pitches, working deeper counts, and basically drawing more walks. I get that it's going to be hard for him to work on that really at any level. But if you're at a level at the major, but at the major league level, to me, it's harder to do that when you know there's more pressure to win. In the minor leagues, you go down there, it's like, it doesn't matter if you win. It, it matters to the to the city of that minor league team. But in the grand scheme of things, the organization doesn't care if your minor league team wins. Um, so well, they really seem to care. Uh, was it last year two years ago they won the PCL title? whoop dee doo Remember, they're saying, oh, they're learning yeah. how to win together. But see, here's the other thing with Renfro, and I'll give him this. Now, he only played 14 games down there in AAA last year. He did walk 10% of the time, and he didn't strike out much at all, which I guess is good. But I mean... The thing is, is that if I'm the Padres, we already know Renfro's going to hit down there. He showed last year in a very, very, very small sample size. Maybe he could be a little bit more selective. I think you give him every opportunity. And there goes Joey interrupting our show again. See, this is why... Just keep talking. This is why we don't let him out. I think you give him every opportunity to work through his struggles. Figure out, can he learn to lay off pitches at the big league level? Can he learn to work the count, get in a deeper count, and can he learn to just hunt a certain pitch that he's looking for and attack there instead of just hacking at everything? Because that's what it feels like. It feels like he hacks at everything. 
Yeah, he does. But at the end of the day, he can go down to AAA. He can do a 10% walk rate again. Or Well, he- the thing is, he had never done that before. His highest walk rate before that was in Double A his first year in 60 games. Other than that, he's never gone up below uh, above 9. Everything's 8.0, I guess. Yeah, yeah, never above 9 until last year. So he's not he's not that kind of guy, but I think the idea is, you know, go up there and hunt a certain pitch. You say it in our flimsy adult league. Yeah. You know, hunt a certain pitch. If you don't get it, don't swing. And I feel like if they want him to work on that, I give him every opportunity through May or June because Franchi's got to work on the same shit, and I think Franchi's a little bit further behind. Give him every opportunity. If Cordero's showing you he can do it at, at the minor league level and he's making that adjustment and Renfro isn't, then swap them out. But Franchi is the only guy I'm willing to to put out in left field and sacrifice Renfro for. I'm not doing it for Perella. So basically, this all boils down to Chase Headley, right? <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how you got to that, but okay. <laughs> so basically, when Chase Headley's gone, and he will be gone, I think he's going to get traded to the Dodgers, but You I wish, pal. You wish. Anyways, when he's gone, you can put Spangenberg at third if you're dead set on playing Spangenberg. Why not and, Villanueva? Uh, well, yeah, that's a good point. But it kind of seems like he's going to be more of a backup role. I mean, if you want my honest opinion, I'd go with Villanueva to start the season. I don't care how much Headley's making. I know a lot of people would. I don't know. I, I would go with Villanueva to start the season. I don't care how much Headley's making. I would eat all that money and get rid of his ass. No one's going to trade for him. Oh, dude. I'm just I'm shaking my head for different reasons. Renfro's drawn two fucking walks all spring. <laughs> he's in midseason form. <laughs> yeah, his numbers weren't that great. I, he's slugging seen? 650, but he's got a 291 on base. Now, if he slugs 650 during the fucking season, I don't care what his on base is. Yeah, but he's true. not. He's not going to do that. Well, what what's an ideal Hunter Renfro year? Uh, I would take, honestly, you know, last year wasn't... For a slash line. For a slash line, honestly, if he can hit... I don't care. The average, I'm not worried about. If he can put up a 320 on base, he's going to slug 500. I mean, even last year. Last year, he hit a fucking whopping 231. He still slugged 467. I mean, he was pretty close to league average. I would say, very comfortably, he was a league average hitter last year. 3% below. So I'd take that. But he's got to put up an on base of like 320. If he does that, he's fine. He's at least a slightly above league average player. Hitter, that is. Defense, if he can hit the cutoff, man, he'll be fine. But he's up here because he can hit. Moving to left will take some pressure off him defensively. It's a less demanding position. It gets less bonus points for value. So 320 on base, and he'll slug 500, I think. Easy. So there is actually there's a really good debate on Twitter about it. And, and my kind of point was... How people are just riding off Hunter Renfro. Like, okay, hey, this is what he's going to be. He doesn't. He's I think this patient. is his, definitely his floor. Yeah, that's that's true. But at the end of the day, what I brought up was, hey, do you remember back in the day with Headley? Oh, we have to see 1,500 plate appearances. Oh, you mentioned this on the way there. <laughs> yeah. Do we? Oh, and I, I went on a tirade on our, on our uh, drive out there. We have to see 1,500 plate appearances from Headley before we can truly judge him as a player. And now with Renfro, one full season and we're done? Yeah. No. Like, why? I yeah. don't get that. I, I, I don't either because I, I think this is his floor, which is replacement level, maybe slightly better, who runs into some home runs. I think his ceiling, if you're lucky, he can put up some Mark Trumbo years, which I'd be okay with because, you know, as a five or six hitter, that's fine. Um, but I, I don't think you should give up on him so soon. I mean, if they're going to send him down because, hey, you have two walks all season and they're tracking all this data, right? So it's like, hey, you have two walks all season – or all spring training, you've been hacking at pitches off the outside of the strike zone this whole time. We have all this data tracked. We're going to send you down because we want you to work on that. And they give the job to Cordero. Fuck it, I'm all in for that. But I'm not all yeah, in. Cordero needs to work on that same thing. I agree. And Cordero also had a really good year at AAA like Renfro did the year before last. So if they bring Cordero. And Cordero, to me, was a little bit more impressive when he first came up. His problem strictly is, you know, pitch selection. And I think he's, we've said this before, he has more upside than Renfro strictly because he's more than just a bat. He can play plus defense, he's a plus base runner, there's more there for him to excel or at least tap into his potential, whereas Renfro to me is strictly offensive. He can't figure it out offensively, he's not going to get anywhere. Um, but if they're willing to do that and put Franchi out there over him, great, I'm all for it. Because to me, you know, you're going with the two guys who have upside and you're picking between the two. I'm not for it if it's for Perella. Folk, stick his ass at second base. If not, there'll be plenty of opportunities for him to hit coming off the bench, playing you know, in a platoon, DHing. There's plenty of opportunities for Perella to get at-bats and give Renfro as many at-bats as you can. So it doesn't matter to you that the best hitter on our team last year is reduced to a platoon role and I don't think utility be, role? I don't think he has to be. As long as you get him at-bats, 
Yeah. I mean, get it. It doesn't. doesn't you mean like our Jerry Harrison Jr.? Pretty much. I mean, as long as he gets at bats, right? It doesn't. I don't care where he gets them. He can get them at fucking first base for all I care. Well, maybe not, but, yeah. you know. If he's getting his at bats <laughs> at first base, something went very, very wrong. Very, very wrong. But, I mean, you know, my, there will be at bats because they play, you know, American League teams where he can DH, he can go to left, he can fill in and right, he can play at second, which I think he's going to play a lot of. Um, and I don't think he's going to be terrible over there. I think he'll be able to stand there. I don't think he'll be any worse than Solarte. Right. Um, so I think you can find at bats for Perella, but I think if you're going to sit here and say we're building towards the future, we're trying to build something for tomorrow, Perella's not a part, or Perella is not a part of that. Perella is a part of. Well, you t- could also argue that Renfro's not a part of that if you're big on Franchi. That's true, but I have more faith that Renfro could be a part of that than Franchi. Who knows? We might get the fucking DH in the next collective bargaining agreement. Oh, my fingers are crossed. Oh, I hope fucking so. I mean, that could be Naylor's foot in the door. Who knows? But to me, you go with the guys who have upside, room to grow, and could be a part of that team. Maybe Renfro isn't, but we're not going to know that if we're giving up on him after one season where, yeah, he wasn't great, but he really wasn't terrible. He didn't kill the Padres. He just didn't help him. He was just kind of there. So then we agree. It's all Headley's fault. Sure, I could buy that. <laughs> it's all Headley's fault. Really, it's Hosmer's fault, but you know, I'm not going to blame it on Hosmer. He's probably their best player now. You watch your mouth. <laughs> Dude, watching watching that uh, the infield drills was was pretty cool. You know, as much as I hate the game, other than Hosmer doesn't get in front of the damn ball. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, he has guy. four gold gloves, man. I'll I'll take what. What he's doing over Christ here, Almighty, get in front of the ball. <laughs> yeah, Danny, Danny was talking a bunch of shit. But, um, I was trolling, really. I don't it's, really. It's really cool to watch professionals do what they do up that close. And Galvis looks smooth at short. Indeed he does. Which will be nice. And I hated the trade, and I still hate the, the process behind the trade Agreed. for Galvis. But it will be kind of nice having a decent shortstop out there. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, he's going to make a big difference for Perdomo and Richard. He might. I mean, on that he standpoint. He might, but, I mean, it's going to be nice to see. He'll get the Padres an extra win from I, his defense. I guess. <laughs> it's going to be nice to see a guy that's not tripping over his shoelaces out there. You know what I mean? I agree. But here's the funny thing about it is that nobody's going to give a fuck because he's going to hit just as well as Ibar did, yeah. and that's all people are going to remember. That's he true. might run into more home runs, maybe, but – He's going to hit 240 with a 280 on base, and people are going to go, oh, here's another fucking typical punchless Padres shortstop. We want Tatis. Bring up Tatis. I guarantee you by fucking June, people are going to be ready to throw the fucking predator Freddie Galvis overboard in Cuba and pluck Tatis out of fucking double A or triple A or wherever the hell he's at. Wow, that was a six F-bomb sentence. Yes, it You're was. You're fired up, aren't you? I, am fi- I, I can see it coming. The thing with, with Galvis is you had a lot of people say that what you said. We finally have a real shortstop. This guy can't fucking hit. He cannot hit. Go look at his numbers. He is a terrible, terrible hitter. He is a below-league average hitter. He's no better than what Ibar was, maybe slightly, but still below average. He's going to field well, but how many wins is that going to get the Padres extra? One? You two? tell me. You're the war guy. I'm just guessing one or two at best. One or two at best, and his offense is going to offset it. He's a he's a fringe major leaguer who's in the league because he can play shortstop. That's the only reason he's in the league. If he was Spangenberg or Aswahi, it'd be the same thing. Well, you know, are they going to find a roster spot for this guy? It's the same thing. Yeah. But nonetheless, it is nice to see, know that at least if they hit him the ball, he's going to make the damn throw to first. Yeah, that makes sense. And I just while you were just going off just now, <laughs> I, I thought of a of a good drinking game for our podcast. Every time you oh. drop an F bomb, chug. Oh, I was gonna say a good drinking game. We came up with this on the way to and from. If you guys are watching the Padres broadcast, every oh, time God. Sweeney says the word mentality, go ahead and take a shot. Yeah. Hating on my boy Mark Sweeney. Oh God. <laughs> you know, it's really about the mentality, seeing the ball with your eyes. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, you went about four miles past an exit that we were supposed to take because you were <laughs> yeah. talking shit about Sweeney. No, it was a left turn. I missed a left turn about four blocks. <laughs> yeah, big time. So, uh, yeah, I think that's enough on the Perella, the whole yeah, Perella date. Uh, you know, one thing that we on. saw on the backfields there was our boy, Eric Hosmer. Uh, your boy. My boy, Eric Cosby. The Padres are my boys. Man, he was hitting that ball so high up in the air in BP. <laughs> it was going so far. No, he wasn't. It he was kept so hit, great. He kept. He hit one out. Uh, he hit one to the gap, and you looked at me and said, take that. And then he proceeded <laughs> to hit three ground balls, yeah. and I didn't even have to say anything. You just told me to shut up. <laughs> well, he's working on that, clearly. <laughs> he is, yeah. So there's a Fangraphs article. I think it's, is it uh, Swachik, right? Yeah. Travis Swachik? Swachik. Swachik. There you go. So he had talked to Hosmer before. So apparently he approaches Hosmer this year in the clubhouse, and he's trying to kind of bounce around the question. And apparently Hosmer goes, you're trying to ask me about my launch angle, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) 
But apparently, Hosmer has worked out. Uh, he's talked to Johnny Washington, who's now the assistant. He was the first base coach. Now he's the uh, assistant hitting coach. And has worked out with J.D. Martinez's uh, offseason hitting coach and is considering no, hitting. I mean, he basically all but said, yeah, I'm going to alter it. Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, I'm, I'm working on I'm it. I'm thinking about it is basically what he said. It's we'll see. Uh, but making a more conscious effort to put the ball in the air. Now, I will say, funny thing is, we read that article on, I want to say, uh, Friday. And Saturday we went to... We went to go watch him uh, take BP. That's when we watched the Major League team, I believe, Saturday. I think so, yeah. Um, or it was, it, was either, it was either we read it Thursday and it, we saw him the next the day. The whole weekend was a blur, really. Yeah, yeah you know, it was a Laskin lot of... Laskin Bush Company. A lot of alcohol, fried uh, chicken. Yeah. Um, but he... Um, it was Saturday because that was our last day there. Okay, whatever. Whatever. Anyways, he was legit hitting fucking everything into the air. Like, I don't recall... You're in that Twitter video. Yeah. Yeah. Everything he hit that particular you know session, every time he went up there was in the air, at least from what I can tell. He did line drives or it was in the air. He hit a couple of home runs this past week as well. He did. And he hit one in the game we went to Friday night, which was fucking crushed. It was. I mean, I don't give a fuck what ballpark he's in <laughs> or where or where he's playing at. The, the marine layer was not knocking that down. Crushed. And then he hit one to center off the, the Royals. Yep. And I'm pretty sure he hit another one to left fielder the other way. I think he hit like two or three last week, yeah. Uh, I don't but know. he had mentioned, you know, yeah, I've thought about it and I've looked at it. Of course, he goes back to, you know, the metrics don't really do a guy like me any favors, which is very defensive of you, but um, he's thinking about it. So what do you think about Hosmer possibly joining the flyball revolution? He doesn't have to. He's already gotten paid. He doesn't have to do anything. Well, I like that he's open. I like that he's open to it because I do think that there's something to be said for these guys that are embracing it and then putting up these huge numbers. At the end of the day, do I think he needs it? I think that's debatable because I think he's a solid player without it. I I agree. I think he's going to be a really good uh, contributor to this team. I think he's good without it. I think when you throw it in there and you add that element to his game, it's going to make him even better. I have a conspiracy theory. Now, let's hear it. So, he is a very good player. He's a very good everyday player. Uh, borderline, probably hit or miss all-star, right? As he is now. Hall of Fame. No, he's not. He's not. <laughs> maybe the Padres Hall of Fame. Speaking of which, I have, I have a gripe on a former first baseman, uh, okay. but we'll go into that later. But... You know, very good player, borderline all-star, hit or miss all-star, right? As is. Very reliant on balls and play and sometimes getting lucky and sometimes not. I think that maybe having to fucking settle for this front-loaded contract where those final three option years are atrocious for him, maybe that flipped a switch. Maybe he realizes, maybe he read an article or two and thought, you know, that fag, uh, well, I said it. Jeez. Oh, well. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> Oh well, I couldn't help it. But maybe he read. <laughs> maybe he read Dave Cameron's the look on article. your face is what makes oh, it so funny. No I one know. else is gonna know. Look on your face. It's where you, okay. Like, stop yourself. You're like, oh shit. Like, I know. Halfway through the A. Well, well, halfway through the A, I was already on the G. Go ahead. Anyways, uh, maybe that G, Dave Cameron. Because <laughs> if you recall back in, oh, I don't know, those late, late last off season, uh, Dave Cameron, before the Padres hired him, wrote his free agent landmine article that he does every year. Yep. The number one free agent landmine was Eric Hosmer. So maybe Hosmer read that. Maybe he talked to Dave Cameron. Maybe he knows. I'm sure he knows. But maybe he knows more than what we give him credit for, or more than he lets on about how he's evaluated as a player. Maybe this offseason was eye-opening to him and that his prestige value isn't exactly <laughs> prestigious. Maybe he knows, I can't hit the ball on the ground. I have the same launch angle as frickin' D. Gordon who's a speedy player. It makes sense for Gordon to hit the ball on the ground. Right. That makes no sense for Hosmer. So maybe, and then seeing that, hey, you know, I got three years at $13 million in my mid-30s. I don't want anything to do with that. Maybe he's realizing that if he can turn it around now, if he can figure it out now while he's still young, there's still room for him to grow and adapt in his prime and put up these big years, maybe that's his ticket out of this contract to cash in and maybe get three or four more years at 20 to $25 million instead of 13 Well, assuming you're right... Isn't that kind of isn't that kind of troubling that he's already regretting his contract? Signing? I don't think he's regretting his contract. I think that he's looking at the future. He's guaranteed five years, one hundred and ten million. He's getting that no matter what. He is getting that. The question is, does he opt in? Maybe he's thinking if I can put up five elite years, because I'll be the first guy to tell you he has elite contact skills. The guy doesn't fucking strike out. He excellent plate selection. He doesn't chase pitches. We've seen it in the spring. He doesn't chase pitches. He's not a hacker. Uh, he doesn't draw a ton of walks, but he makes a lot of contact. Excellent contact skills, bat-to-ball skills. If he Excellent ca- leader. 
If he taps into his raw power, get out of here with that garbage. If he taps into what is raw power, all of a sudden he goes from hitting 280, 290, 340, 350 on base, 440 slugging, maybe 270, 280, 340, 350 on base, maybe 490 to 500 slugging. If you can get five years at what he did last year, which to me, you know, he had a higher home run to fly ball ratio. He hit more ground balls than usual. He made the least hardest contact of his career. So you can kind of say just based on the, you know, the the numbers, the secondary numbers looking deeper in, maybe last year was a bit of a fluke with the juice ball. If he can tap into his power. We had two straight years of 25 homers. Yeah, but the year before he was barely mediocre as a hitter. I mean, a little bit better than that, but not much. And that's because he hits the ball on the ground. He has a high ground ball to fly ball ratio. Maybe he taps, takes those elite bat-to-ball skills and starts hitting the ball in the air. I think all of a sudden you have a legitimate slam dunk all-star for $20 million a year, which is a steal. I think he's a five-win player. I think he's elite if he can start consistently hitting the ball in the air, making a conscious effort to get a little bit out in front and loft the ball in the air. Well, to your credit, that's what you've said all along ever since the signing, is if he would hit the ball in the air, yeah. then he's going to be the type of player that's going to pay off big time. Yeah, Kevin and I talked about it uh, today. Was off. this on the record or off the record? Well, like I said, Charity's a big guy, so it's a little bit of both. Okay. But, you know, if he, if he can do that, I think he's legit a 30 to 35 home run guy with like 40 doubles a year. I think he'd be 30-30 a year, 30 homers, 30 doubles. Easy, easy, just because he, he makes... So much contact. He's not the thing with Myers hitting the ball in the air. And Myers said last year, "I'm just trying to hit home runs." Like I can get that, but Myers has some swing and miss. Right. Hosmer does it. So even if you take a little bit more strikeouts, maybe take an uptick in strikeouts, he still makes more than enough contact to, you know, to pass that and hit tons of home runs, like 30 to 35. I think. I think he can do it if he if he makes a conscious effort. I think he becomes an all-star, and I think it makes the Padres deal look like maybe they kind of maybe overpaid depending on what kind of Eric Hosmer we get. Or, or it makes it look like, well, it's a great deal for this team. It's a complete break here, and they got five years of this elite all-star first baseman who's hitting bombs and make, you know batting 280 or 290. Well, when you change your approach like that, you're going to sacrifice some contact, right? Isn't it safe to assume that? Or Yeah, I think you do. You do sacrifice some contact. But this isn't like... He's not a strikeout machine. That's the thing with Hosmer is that, you know, nobody complains about Mike Trout striking out. Mike Trout's been swinging up before it was cool. Right. I mean, they'd say, oh, Mike Trout's, he can't hit the high pitch. He swings up. So to me, you know, for Hosmer, because of that, that's his biggest skill offensively is the ability to make contact, to not strike out. To me, you take that and you start telling this guy, hit the ball in the air. Hey, you'll take it. Yonder Alonso last year is a prime example, right? Yonder didn't strike out that much when he was here. He's a contact guy. Tons of ground balls. Jesus, every every at-bat was a ground ball. He starts hitting the ball in the air. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, he strikes out a little bit more, but you don't really notice. Hosmer's highest strikeout rate of his career is 19.8, and that was two years ago. Everything else is 17 or less. Uh, last year, it was 15. So if he's going to strike that. out, yeah, if he's going to strike out 19% of the time, but he's going to hit, you know, more doubles, more extra bases, more home runs, I'll take it. I'll take I'll take 20% strikeout rate, which is still lower than you know, like a Myers, who probably I think is like, or Renfro's like at 25 with his contact ability. I'd take it in a heartbeat. Well, Kaufman is supposedly a tougher place to hit also, isn't it? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I could look it up on baseball reference. I want to look at park, factor, park factors. I don't think it's... And that was when Marver starts screaming Marine Layer <laughs> in, uh, in uh, April. Oh, God. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he also didn't hit in the Marine Layer. Uh, God. Yeah. Anyways. Um, I don't know if Kaufman, how Kaufman plays. I can't imagine it's worse than what Petco was. Well, I think that Petco, the way it plays now, I think is pretty fair. So I think it's, I still think it favors pitchers, but not as dramatically as it used to. I can't Certainly wait. not as much ten years ago. Yeah, I've, I feel like Hosmer has a lot of opposite field power. So he I'll does. Be, I'll be I think he to has an, go oppo. I think he has untapped potential. I've said this since they started talking about him. Yeah. I think he has untapped potential, and the Padres will be very, very lucky and look incredibly smart if they were the ones that got him thinking about changing his swing path and his launch angle, and he taps into that. Because he could, I mean, he's a star now, but he's a star because of, you know, he had some great moments in the World Series. He's on like a, you know, like a Cinderella team and things like that. USA Baseball Classic. Yeah, exactly. Like, right? He's had moments that make him a star. Kind of like Adam Jones. He's had moments that make him a star. But when you look at his production compared to his peers, he's not a star player. If he taps into that, you know, that contact ability... And mixes it in, getting the ball out in front and hitting it in the air. Star. Star player for the Padres. Yeah. Well, he's the guy that brought about hot talent lava. 
<laughs> Saw a couple of those shirts out there. Not for sale, unfortunately. No, not for sale. So, I mean, he's he's done more than enough there. But that's a guy who, uh, we'll talk about the lineup a little bit. You would put him in the two-hole. Correct. Where would you put him? I'd put him in the three-hole. Why? Because hit him behind Myers. Okay. I, I know you don't give a shit about protection, about the whole uh, protection of the lineup theory. I do. I think I it makes a difference, especially for a fragile guy, pussy like Will Myers. <laughs> He wants someone behind him, dude. If you have Hosmer behind him, I think he's going to break out anyways. I think Myers is due for a big year, and I think we're going to see it. So I would go Margot leadoff. I would go Myers in the two-hole, and I'd go Hosmer in the three-hole. And then after that, just throw names at a dartboard. I don't give a shit. We put Perella in the four-hole. Yeah, I would I would do that. Uh, well, I wouldn't do that. I, I, mine would be pretty close. So, um, Oh, you're, you're putting Headley in the four-hole. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. That's slander. Slander. <laughs> No, I, I, I bat Margot leadoff. I put Hosmer in the two-hole, and I said it when they signed Hosmer. We did the emergency pod right. um, live from my car. <laughs> well, I was live from my car. Um, I think him and Myers are pretty similar hitters. I think that they're going to be, assuming no changes, their slash line is going to be pretty similar. But I put Hosmer in the two-hole because he makes more contact with Margot, hopefully getting on base more and you know being more of a threat on the base paths um, and ideally booting up his on-base percentage. I think putting a guy who's as good of a hitter as your other guy but makes more contact just makes more sense. I mean, it puts a little bit more action on the field for them to, to utilize Margot's speed. And I'd like to bat Myers fourth. And as long as he's playing, I'd sandwich Perella in the third hole, three hole. Yeah, I mean, I can see that too. But at the end of the day, and I do agree it makes more sense to have Hosmer in the two hole because he's going to get on base more. He's going to make he's more contact. He's also going to get more at bats. And that's the other thing. I do think he is a slightly better hitter than Myers. I do think he's their best overall hitter. And I'm trying to get that guy as many at bats as I can. That makes sense, but I, I still, dude, I really. Think I don't disagree be- with you. I, I don't disagree with your logic of you know batting Myers. Uh, you said two, right? Batting Myers two and batting Hosmer three. Honestly, either way, he's getting that bat in the first inning. You know, honestly, even if you do that, even if you bat Myers third and bat uh, uh, Hosmer second, honestly, you're still getting your best hitters in the lineup early, yeah. and that's all I care about. I don't care if they bat Margot third. Get your best hitters in the top. They only have three good hitters. <laughs> what, what are you expecting Four. out of Margot this year? Um, well, you know what? He wasn't bad last year. I think he kind of. I think Margot gets forgotten a little bit because he got hurt, um, and maybe people don't realize like he was actually really good. He looks like when we saw him out there hitting, he looks like uh, he he's, can. He, he looks like he got a little bit thicker, right? Yeah, like he he's looks, filling out a little bit. So yeah. maybe maybe more power comes. Oh, speaking of filling out, God, Will Myers looks jacked. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> He does. He's like, oh, they signed Eric Hosmer. I'll show them. Yeah. All those, uh, all those East Coast California burritos he's been munching down. Yeah. Um, you know what? Per fan, per baseball reference, Margot in 126 games, basically two thirds of a season, was almost a three win player. I mean, I think he's going to have a breakout year. I think if he stays healthy, I think his offense will will get better. He was just slightly under league average last year. I think there's more power there, uh, particularly doubles power. Right. I think when you miss time as a rookie, you know, it kind of hurts your. Uh, your ability to adjust offensively. But I, I think Margot has a breakout year. I'm going to go ahead and call it right now for all my two stat heads out there. Four-win year for Margot. I, Four wins. That's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good player. I, I think he's going to break out. I think he's going to be above average offensively. I think he'll get on base. I think he'll hit for a little bit more power. His defense is what it is. I think he was, what, second or third in the stat cast, stat cast what, four-star catches or whatever it was? You got me there. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, know he made, I know he made a lot of four-star catches that were near impossible to make per stat cast. So I think that holds over. I think we see big, big uh, things from him offensively. What do you think? I'm, yeah, I like that. I like the sound of that. I like the sound of four wins. I don't give a shit about war, but <laughs> hey, man, let's do it. Let's rock and roll. But yeah, I think I would like to see him be a little bit more aggressive in stealing bags. Like, I want to see when he does get on, and last year he didn't get on as often as we would like. 313, I believe. I don't have it in front of me, I'm it guessing. low 300s for his on-base. So yeah. I would like to see his on-base get up a little bit higher, and I'd like to see him... Hey, if you get thrown out, you get thrown out. But Well, I mean, you can. Just don't get do it more than, like, 7.2 out of 10 times. <laughs> You'll try to, try to be safe 72 out of 100 times. That'd be great. Yeah, I want to, I want to see him steal more bags. That's what I want. So, do imagine him getting on... Swipe in second, boom, guy on. Hosmer grounds out to second base because he knows what to do. Yeah. And then uh, Myers hits a sack fly to score him. That sounds great. That's Padre baseball right there in a nutshell. (laughs) And they scored three runs a game doing that. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm down with that. And then, uh, yeah, so I'm putting opening. Okay, so opening day, they're facing Jimmy Nelson, right? From uh, the Brewers. Milwaukee Brewers. Okay, so obviously you have uh, Clayton Richard was announced as starting an opening day starter. 
which was classic. That's what's great because I love Dave and Jeff when they're sitting here saying, I think this team could surprise some people. Clayton Richards, your opening day starter. They're going to win 70 games this year. They should have Laminette be their starting pitcher. I agree. Denilson Laminette, I think he should be their starting, their opening day starter. They were saying Laminette was hitting like 101 miles an hour the other day. Didn't we trade him for Hosmer and then got Hosmer back from the Phillies? Yeah. Or signed him from the Phillies? Yeah, Laminette, not opening day starter, but uh, Clayton Richard is. So he's going to be on the bump. Obviously, uh, Austin Hedge is going to be behind the plate. I'm going around the horn here. Yeah. Headley's going to be at third. <laughs> it took you a second. You're going to have Galvis at short. I really think Perel is going to be opening day second base. I agree. I think they're going to let him sink or swim over there. I think it's going to be Perel at second. Obviously, Hosmer at first. Uh, Myers and Wright. I'm not stoked about Myers and Wright. Uh, I'm not stoked about Myers in the outfield, but what can you do? I'd rather have him in left. I think he would be... Well, I agree we'll with see. you. We'll see. I agree. You with were you. saying his arm's a little bit better than what people give it credit for. He's a catcher, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, center field's going to be Margot, and left field, I think, will be Hunter Renfro. I agree. I hope I, so. I still think that. Cause... Hosmer's at first. You skipped Hosmer. No, I said Hosmer first. Did you? Yeah. Well, maybe I well, missed it. Well, I mean, it. if I didn't, does it need to be said? No. Oh, maybe maybe no. he's hurt or something. Yeah, so that's that's what it's going to look like. I mean, however they decide to throw the, the lineup together, who really cares? But we'll uh, we'll, we'll see for that. What do you uh, put it this way? Here's a good question. Uh, listen to Dave and Jeff podcast. They were saying that they pointed out that Andy Green has never in his career as a Padre manager been over 500. He was over 500 last July. No, he wasn't. <laughs> For a no, month. <laughs> no, overall record. Not his fault. Do you think at any point this year they'll be over 500? Basically, their only chance is they bear win opening day. Does Absolutely not. Now, yeah. I can't find the damn article, but I think I saw it on... You know what? I'm going to try to find it on Facebook while I'm rambling about it here. There was an article on Facebook from this fan page. You know you're a Padres fan when... Um, who I've gotten into it a couple times with because he's a homer. (laughs) But nonetheless, it's a Padres fan. Um, But let me see if I can find it. There was an article that they posted that the Padres, like, opening 44 games are the toughest in the league. Like, the amount of winning teams from last year that they face is obscene. I wish I could find it. But I think um, their first 44 games are – oh, here we go. I got it. So – Per this page – and go follow. It's a decent follow. They're Padres fans. You know you're a Padres fan when. That's the name of the page. Uh, no other team faced a collection of opponents with the combined winning percentage or recent playoff experience like what awaits the Padres in their first 44 games. This is actually a UT article, so no wonder nobody saw it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it was written by Kevin AC. Even more explanation. Um, let's see if he has any numbers in here. Let's see. By May 15th, they will have played three series uh, or ten games against teams coming off a uh, season with losing records. Ten games by May 15th. You're talking, and the, and the season starts. On the, what, 29th, I think? 29th of March. So you're talking a month and a half worth of games. A month and a half worth of games. And only 10 of those games are going to be against losing teams, which maybe the Padres go 500 against, depending on who's on the bump. Richard's on the bump, they're going to lose. Uh, I Really, the only guy I really give them a shot to win is uh, Laminate. Laminate because he strikes, he strikes motherfuckers out. But other than that, I give them no shot to win. Uh, even with Perdomo, I give them no shot to win. He's shown no ability to keep them in ball games. So... Their first 44 games, I'm going to go ahead and guess they're going to be, uh, I didn't want to say 10. <laughs> 10, and 10 and 34? Really? I think they're going to go 10 and 34 in their first wow. 44. I'm just trying to keep it even. It's easy for, easier for me to do the math. But I can't see them winning more than 10 to 15 games, those first 44. Yeah, that would make sense. I'll, I'll go high and I'll say. Uh, and that's assuming by May 15th, those 10 games, they sweep those lousy teams. True. Realistically, they're going to lose every series they start through May 15th. Yeah, but they're not going to lose every single game. No. I think they'll probably win 18 to 20. I think they'll go You think 20, they're going to be that close to 400? Maybe. They win 20, 20, I'll and 24? I'll say they go 18 and, uh, what is that, 18 and 26? Why don't we go over under 15? Over under 15? I'll, I'll say, take the under. I say in their first 44 games, they'll win more than 15 games. Okay. You guys can tweet us at 5.5Dan and at MiserableSDFan after you listen to this episode. Uh, and then the LBGT community uh, tar and feathers me. <laughs> you guys can let us know uh, if you're going to take over or under 15 games, uh, 15 wins for the first 44 games. I am definitely taking the under. I think they'll be lucky to sniff 15. The pitching staff makes me say under. Yeah. But I think their offense is going to be pretty fun to watch this year, man. I think their offense will be fun to watch until you get to the middle of the order. Because the thing is, I was going to ask you over under three months that they bench Perella. Because... Mm-hmm. As fun as he was to watch last year, Marver, and people hate saying this. I know Conniff hates it. He admitted it as such. Marver is right. He had a Babbitt, a batting, a, a lucky streak on balls in play last year that you have no reason to think it would hold. It's not like he has a 
career track of saying, okay, this is going to hold at the major league level. There's certain things about Marvin's argument that I think he kind of skips out on or that he goes, goes a little overboard. But I can't see Perella being more than league average. I think that's what he's going to be at best. So I wonder, you know, after you basically you get past either Myers or Hosmer, whoever's batting three, what do they have? You know, maybe Renfro develops, but I think that'll take time. I think the second half will be more telling for Renfro than the first half. Chase Headley's going to hit 250 with a nice 330 on base, and he's going to slug 380. <laughs> That's just what it is, folks. I already mentioned Galvis's crappy slash line. Hedges is going to do worst. Hedges, I think, is in fan graphs because they released, they're releasing their power rankings, uh, and they talked about Hosmer possibly tapping into his power, but they talked about Hedges. And I think he was like the second-to-worst hitter uh, everyday hitter last year with 400 at bats or something like that. Like he was just awful. He, he was absolutely terrible. There is no reason to think that him deciding to go with a quieter leg kick is going to change anything because he doesn't draw walks. I don't care who you are or what you do to make the adjustment. You can't rely just on that. You got to change your approach at the plate. It didn't look like he changed his approach on the eight at bats we saw him strike out on in the backfields. Well, that's a pretty small sample size. It is, of course. I'm being facetious, but nonetheless, there's no reason to think that he is going to make that big of a jump. Maybe a slight adjustment. Maybe some progress, but not enough. Maybe he goes from being 30% below league average to, like, 20. <laughs> Can I just say, that's probably my least favorite player to watch hit, is Austin Hedges. Yeah, it's atrocious. It's, I get the whole swoon, blah, blah, blah. He's great. I can watch him field all damn day. Me too. Soft dude, hands, when he steps firm up wrists. to the plate, I'm like, Ugh. oh, Christ. Uh, Here we go. All right. But actually, no, second, because Headley's on the team now. You know what? At least Headley has a 330 on base. Like, you know, hey, Headley might, he might slap a single somewhere. He'll draw a walk. Hedges is probably going to strike out. Or he's going to make an out. I mean, it's just it's just the fact of the matter. He's not going to get on base. Yeah. He's not going to keep the line moving. As much as you want to say about Headley, he's a punch and Judy hitter. He doesn't have any pop. I I was scouting his swing, and I'm like, God, he just swats at the ball. Like, he legit, his swing is downhill. It's a downhill plane. He swats the ball. He actually, for as much shit as we talk about Headley, when we watched him taking BP from the right side. He has he, more pop on the right, Yeah, I think. he had some pop, man. He's more professional on the left. He goes all over the place. But from right right side, he's a little bit more pop. But he still swats. He's like a softball swing. Yeah. Like a barely, you, know, you want the top spin to get the ball to fly? That's how he hits. But he's a professional at bat. He's going to work the count. He'll draw some walks. He'll spray a double here and there. I hope he's gone by May. I, I hope he's gone whenever, as long as they – I'll take a lottery ticket. Um, but at least he'll give you a competitive at bat. The old Brian Kenny competitive at bat. He's not going to just – you have some faith he can keep the line moving. After Headley – it's toast. Yeah, but I think as bad as the starting pitching is, and it's really bad, I feel like they have a pretty decent bullpen. Their they bullpen should be pretty decent. good. I can't wait to see Makita. Because I feel like, dude, <laughs> there has been no games that have been televised. Hey, hey, we throw harder than Makita does on his uh, Ephus. Yeah, as uh, Dave, as Diablo, Dave Palais pointed out that I was yeah. trying to show him up. Yeah. yeah, why don't you go out there, Diablo? Let's see how hard you throw. Yeah, so. Your Alabama tattoo, <laughs> beating up mascots that are girls. Yeah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> I'm really excited to see Makita. Because the Padres too. haven't tele Dude, they've televised jack shit this yeah, year. Yeah, they had a game on today. Nothing. It was on the radio. I'm like, what? Nothing. what's going on here? Yeah, so I feel like I'm coming in cold watching this season you i know, agree I, I haven't really watched a lot of spring training we I went agree. to one game and we we're out there and we went to practices but yeah i'm excited to see him i'm excited to see makita i'm excited to see i'm excited to see how tyson ross does i think ross is cracking the rotation i, I think, think it's a too. slam dunk he's in the rotation i think he is too. and i haven't seen brian mitchell pitch yet and it sounds like he's a lock for the rotation why i think he is too Who knows? well i've seen him pitch i can see why they like the spin rate eric he throws up in the zone and gets swings and misses i've i've seen it in one game because they don't televise anything for me to watch. I felt like they televised it early on and then they just gave up. But yeah, um, I mean, I'm intrigued to see that. I feel like the starters are going to be a short leash. Like I'd say maybe two or two. Eh, I'd say three times through the lineup. I think they're going to get lucky to go two, three times. The only guy I can see getting three times through the lineup, laminate. Maybe, but maybe laminate. But the, my problem is that I don't think he's going to. Uh, I don't think he's going to have the stamina for that. And I think they'll be easy with him anyways. This is going to be, you know. He didn't throw that many innings. Remember, they're still building him up. And there's no reason to stretch him out. Um, so I think Clayton Richard, um, maybe Brian Mitchell, but probably not. They're definitely going to baby Tyson Ross. He's his first year back. He's, like, legitimately healthy. Um, but I think that's how, like, a Chris Young makes the roster. Oh, Chris Young. He dude. looks toast. <laughs> he does, man. We saw him throwing a bullpen, and I, I leaned over to Danny. The least impressive, which is funny because they had him next to the most entertaining guy that they've had in camp and Joey Lucchese. Yeah. Now, I'm all for this because you just mentioned this, so just it just clicked in my head. I, I think Jordan Lyle is going to make the team as a long guy. I think Chris Young might make the team as a long guy. 
Maybe know. not right now. You put him in the rotation, but knowing that this team's going to struggle to get through the third time in the order, do you let Lucchese crack the roster and say, "Hey, you won't be starting yet, but you're going to be our go-to long guy. We're going to get you six or seven innings a week, spread out over two, maybe three games a week." I don't bring Lucchese up until there's a spot in the rotation for him. Okay, I that's could, me. I could see that because that's the equivalent of Bud Black bringing or having see, a guy but it's up not. and learning the speed of the game. It's not that's because the same shit Bud Black used to do. Oh, hey, you played every day down the minors. Guess what? Bench roll. I don't mind it with pitchers when you're the Cardinals do this a lot. They're fucking excellent at it. The Cardinals do that a lot with starters. They bring them up and say, "Okay, we're gonna you're gonna be our long guy. You'll go out there a couple times a week. Give us two or three. When you're breaking in pitches that way, it's fine because you're still giving them innings. It's like how they broke in Perdomo. Yeah, but there's a different way to prepare for a game if you're starting as opposed to relieving. It's much different. I know it is. He's been a starting pitcher his whole life. I would be okay with that. And then, hey, guess what? You're going to come up to the highest level you have ever and will ever play at, and we're going to throw you in the bullpen. Completely change your rotation. These guys are creatures of habit, dude. You can't just, you can't be a starter your whole life. They've done it. I don't it. care what the stats say, what the numbers say. <laughs> I just sound like Dozer. I don't care it's what they say. I don't care what they say. You can't take a guy who's been starting his whole life and throw him in the bullpen like that. Sure, it's you can. Shit. Yeah, that's what they do with Brad sure Hand. You can do it, but you can't expect him to succeed. And when he doesn't I succeed, th- I think you if you give him a schedule, him. I think if you give him a schedule and say, okay. That's not how it works, though. They don't do it, they don't do it by schedules. Remember last year? They do. What are you talking about? He's, if he goes down to AAA and they say, okay, you're pitching every fifth day, that's still a schedule. Yeah, but he's starting every fifth day. If they tell him, look, you're going to go down here and, I don't know, Tyson Ross. Let's say you're Tyson Ross's backpack guy. He's probably going to go maybe five. You're coming in for Ross. You're going at least three, maybe the rest of the game, depending on how we well you do. We had the same conversation last year, the whole backpacking idea, and they we never did. did it. I know it, they you didn't know why? do it. Because teams don't do that. I know. Well, I'm interested to see what the Rays are going to do because they're going with a four-man true. rotation. Yeah, that is true. I don't think it's a bad idea if that's then again, how they, they are. Dis- the Rays. Yeah. Well, they, then again, they've had more success than we have the last ten years, and they do have <laughs> Michelle Marco. <laughs> Those sons of bitches! Yeah. I hate you, Fox Sports, and I'm pretty sure they just assigned <laughs> her over there. Assholes! Christ. Yeah. This is why Eric siphons his television, you cheap <laughs> bastards. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um, no, I, I I would be okay with if that's how they broke him in. To get him in and say, look, you're going to go out there, you'll get some innings. That's how they broke Perdomo in. I don't think that's – especially Lucchese, I don't think they do it just because I don't think they're worrying about his inning, innings limit. I think Lucchese's ceiling is pretty low. I think he just has a high floor. He'll probably be in the rotation by June or July, I think. And uh, Lauer, who's actually really impressive, even though he doesn't throw very hard – I know everybody's given up on Quantrill, and they think you know Lucchese's better, the best of the three. I think Lauer's going to surprise some people, um, but he looked I, good in the start when we went to. The game. He did. He actually challenges guys inside for throwing 91, 92. Um, he he spots pretty well, but I think Lauer will be up. But I could see them saying like, look, Quantrill's in Double A's and Triple A's. Nothing to prove down here. He's hitting 88 to 89. He'll be fine. Zach Granke's hitting 84. Nobody seems to care. He's Zach Granke. Quantrill will be fine. We don't know what he's working on over there. Anyways. I could. I don't mind the idea of bringing up a young guy and saying, "Look, you're going to come out of the bullpen for a little while, just to stretch you out, just get you long innings, and then eventually we can get you in, the, you know, in the starting rotation." There's no, there's no proof to show that it doesn't work or that it hinders the creatures of habits. I think if you give them an idea of what they're doing, then that'll be just fine. But yeah, but the point is, I see that if you have a Cindergard, if you have a Degrom, if you have a Harvey in your rotation, we have Clayton Richard. And we have well, he's not going anywhere. He's signed for three years, three million each year. And we have Tyson Ross, and we possibly have Chris Young and and Brian Mitchell. You don't you don't do that with those guys. You cut one of the you cut one of their sorry asses and say, hey, Lucchese, you're part of our future. Let's see how you do. You don't sit there and say, hey, you're going to come in for sorry ass Chris Young. The Cardinals do it. Sorry ass Clayton Richards. The Cardinals do it all the time. We're the, not the Cardinals. The Cardinals had Adam Wainwright as a closer when they won the World Series. I'm just saying it's a. It, that rarely happens, though. You're pointing out like a very, very small sample size of people that have actually done that and been successful. I could at probably that. point out more. I just don't have the time or the effort to look for it. But it's not as uncommon as you think it is. If they do that, I swear to God, I'm going to key your car. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bust out all your windows. Well, this is taped, so uh, I'm glad that your insurance will pay for it. God, man, why'd you have to piss me off? I'm not. We're bit, doing fine. It's not my fault that you're so close-minded that you don't like any ideas that go against. I'm the close-minded. Grade. Do I need to remind you of the uh, drop, the three-letter drop that you said? Oh yes, I'm real close-minded. Starts with an F, ends with <laughs> a G. <laughs> don't make me pull the Trump and say I love the insert uh, cultural here. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, I don't think it's a terrible idea. I certainly don't think it's a bad idea like you do. That's how they decide to bring him in. If he's going to make the roster, you know he's going to start. I mean, it's almost a guarantee at this point. Jordan Lyles ain't going to make it. He's awful. The yeah. only reason he's going to make trash. it. He's trash. Chris Young probably ain't going to make it. Trash. You don't know if Tyson Ross is going to stay healthy or not. If he's healthy, he might be. A, he's not going to be what he was. But he might be able to hold it down. La- Laminette's going to wear out. Perdomo's probably going to wear out, assuming he doesn't go down to AAA. You don't know what you're going to get with Clayton Richard. He was injured a couple years ago, so you don't know. Um, who else they got in the roster? Brian Mitchell, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. You just don't know. Those are seven guys that right now look like they're going to crack the rotation or at least crack the Major League roster opening day. You don't know what you're going to get out of. So Lucchese's going to get a shot. I'm just not against him coming up if that's how they decide to use him, knowing damn well that most of the rotation ain't going to make it through three times. Yeah, so if you want to bring him up as a long man or as a rotation guy, hey, we're going to schedule, you're going to throw three times a week, and he has Tommy John, that's your fault. He's that that's there's no fault. There is no no proof, no data to show that, that because you change his pitching schedule, he's going to get Tommy John, for God's sakes. His arm is used to going once a week. <laughs> Every five days, that's what he's used to. He's used to going and having a start. He's used to throwing long toss. He's used to that. He's not. So used was to Brad Hand. So was Kirby. So are most pitchers who end up turning into relievers. Most pitchers who got drafted as pitchers were starting pitchers, and they turned into relievers, and they were just fine. Okay, but when he has Tommy John in July, that's uh-huh. going to be on you. So oh yeah, yeah. Of that. course, that's exactly why he's going to be in like AAA pitching, and then blow his elbow out. And he's like, <laughs> "See, you gave him the idea of throwing twice a week, and he blew his elbow out." Yeah, that's exactly what you're going to do. Freaked him out, man. Yeah. Let's move on. Um, so. Not really that it's interesting. We had this conversation last year when we talked about roster spots. But uh, do you think Jankowski cracks the Major League roster? Because I don't. I was done with Jankowski two years ago. I was done when they drafted him. <laughs> yeah. He's a zero. He's an absolute zero. An empty bat. He, he might get on base. Nah, yeah, he does have a pretty good walk rate. My issue with walk rate is that uh, you know if you can't hit, as Billy Hamilton has so aptly proved, if you can't hit, they're not going to walk you. I think that Jankowski, he's a perfect like fourth or fifth outfielder. Fifth. Yeah. He's a perfect fifth outfielder. Well, he on this hit. team, yeah, he's a fifth outfielder. He's a guy that you bring in late in the game, we need to swipe a bag. He's a guy that you bring in in a late uh, inning defensive replacement. You bring him in when you don't want Myers out and right at the end of the game. That's what Jankowski's for. I'd actually move Myers to left and then the the keep him in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Put Jankowski in right. No, I agree. I, I think he's the odd man out because I think they're going to carry Caesar because he's out of options. Uh, I know he sucks too. Um, and then who else? I mean, Perella can fill out in left, so there's that guy. And then worst case, I think between Spanjberg and Aswahe, I don't know who I'd pick to be honest with you because I don't give two shits about either of them. Um, I think Spangenberg has more pop. I think Swahe might be better defensively. I think overall they're a wash. So, but Spangenberg, you can stick in left even though he's awful. But I don't see a spot for Jankowski. No. At all. I like, think he's gone. I do too. Once they sign Hosmer, he's kind of like the next guy on the totem pole. He's like at the bottom of that totem pole. Or, you know, you got like a row of players and he's at the edge. And now it's like, well, we got Hosmer, so we got to move everybody down a spot. Yeah. And I think that's Jankowski. And Jankowski fell off the face of the flat earth. <laughs> yes, the flat earth. Never to be seen again. Aswahe or Spangenberg? I'm going with Aswahe. I'm going to go with Spangenberg just to play devil's advocate and because I think he's a better hitter. And yeah, I think, you were saying that when we were watching them hit. Yeah, you could see. I mean, I'm not a but scout. he doesn't stay healthy. That's, that's, my, that's my main thing. He that's my issue healthy. as well. You can't count on him. He has, what, two more years of control? I mean, I'm going with Aswahe. That's me. That's true. But, he, and he, but he's actually still young. I think he's like 26. <laughs> I know. Isn't Aswahe like 25? I They're think so. They're around the same age. They're, they're a fun. similar player. But you're right. When we watch him take BDP, I, I pointed it out. I'm like, watch Aswahe hit. Like, Aswahe barrels the ball. It just doesn't go anywhere. Right. It's just like he's a punch and Judy hitter. Spangenberg was crushing balls into the gap, and he was turning on the ball. Yeah, he He's was. also hitting the damn thing in the air. Which, you know, that gets me hard every time. <laughs> so, I would go with Spangenberg until he gets hurt. I think they might both crack the roster because, you know, they have to have infielders. So, I think they both have a shot at cracking the roster because um, Caprella can kind of be like their fourth outfielder without actually being the fourth outfielder. Yeah. So, I think they both have a shot. Uh, there's rumors they're going to carry three catchers, which I don't know why they're doing that. I don't, I don't get it. I think Hedges is going to be a starter. I think they're going to keep A.J. Ellis as the backup. I do, too, even though... Uh, and I don't know this for sure because I don't frequent baseball prospectus. I don't know how to read catch, you know, pitch framing uh, stats. But apparently Ellis is awful. We know he can't hit. Um, I guess you know being Clayton Kershaw's caddy was uh, <laughs> is, 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 is his selling point. But 
Apparently, Rafi Lopez, it, let's be honest, none of the catchers they're going to select are going to hit. Rocky Gale was never going to hit water if he fell off a boat. So Sorry, Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. But um, I think Rocky Gale may actually make the roster now they got to move Austin Barnes to second. But that's another topic for Dodger fans and those losers. <laughs> but um, three catchers is dumb, honestly. I, I don't see any value in A.J. Ellis. If, he, if you're going to look at all these guys, they're all going to suck, including the guy you're going to run out there 130 times. Let's look at the good things that they bring. I want defense and the ability to call a game and work with pitch sequencing, framing pitches. If Rafi Lopez is better than Ellis, I don't care who you know Ellis caddied. Put Rafi Lopez on there. I don't care who he caddied. I don't. That's great. I don't. I don't care. That's that's why he's famous. Please he, don't carry three catchers. Please. There's no need for it. No. We have enough like no hit catchers. We don't need a third one. Yeah. We have enough guys taking up roster spots. Yeah, there's already Torrens last year. Like we don't need Rafi Lopez. He actually looked pretty good, Torrens, in minor leagues. Now that he's playing at a level he's actually equipped to play yeah, at. Yeah, where he belongs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know our you know, scrub AJ is a Oh, he couldn't hit. I'm like, this kid was 21. He never played above A-ball. I don't know what you expected. He looked pretty good in that minor league game. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think he did. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're about an hour right now. Didn't you say you, a, a big shot over here has a date in about a half hour? I don't know why you're still sitting there. That's not that far. Oh, okay. Yeah, I looked at the time. We're fine. Oh, okay. We're fine. Well, don't, don't you got to go uh, a little bit south? Just a tad. Oh, it's just, just a, south of here. Just not too far. Like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. So, depending um, on traffic. As as we're wrapping it up here, we're about an hour in. One of the one of my favorite things of the trip of our spring training trip was the very last day, right before we left to hit the road. There's this very sweet old lady that oh. really wanted autographs, right? Anne. Yeah, her name was Anne, and she's like, "Oh my my nephew Leisure Fryer asked me to <laughs> get these signed." Nephew? I thought she said her grandfather. Yeah, and it was it was a picture of Chase Headley, and it was a picture of Carter Caps. And she's like, can you guys point out Chase Headley? Can you track him down? And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I walked away. Yeah, Eric walks away because, of course, I'm the sad sack who can't help himself but be nice. And I'm sitting there, dude. You I'm piece si- of shit. <laughs> I'm si- I kind of take a few steps back because I'm like, I'm not calling Chase Headley over here. I'm not doing it. And then next thing you know, he gets out of the cage and she's like, Mr. Headley, Mr. Headley. And I about lost my shit laughing. Mr. Headley. But to his credit, he was a good guy and he signed I made me, that made my day. And God willing, we'll see Ann next year. Yeah. <laughs> Danny's like, hey, we'll see you next year. I was like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Give her that false hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God willing. But it's yeah. in God's plan. Yeah. So she also wanted Carter Caps, which we saw Carter Caps throwing. He looks like fucking shit. He was he's getting lit done. up by like the Rangers double-A affiliate. Dude, he's done. He has this new, if, if you watch closely, I like to he watch He went from guys. scratching his ass on his uh, arm slot to scratching his balls. And it doesn't yeah. look like it's doing much better. Yeah. I, I like to watch guys and kind of pick up differences in their mechanics and see. Like, I like to watch yeah. a game really close like, like that. Like Reggie Lawson? Yeah. And then you see, like, he goes from last year, like, yeah, like what Danny was saying. His ball's like behind his back. And now it's literally when he goes to do his little hop, which isn't as pronounced as it used to be, his hop, his ball, like he's holding the ball by his nutsack. He warms up like this. He warms up like this, too. Like Makita doesn't sidewind when he warms up. We've seen him. <laughs> man, we all thought that Carter Caps was going to be that that that, that lottery that guy, ticket, right? Yeah, the like, lottery ticket. Yeah, oh, hey, this is going to be a risk, but it's going to pay off. And guess what? We're going to get some big pieces for him. Nah, we're nope. not. Well, we, we, I mean, the best reliever we ever got from the Marlins is Brad Hand. <laughs> we oh. picked him up as a starter. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of Marlins, real quick, Josh, or, uh, yeah, Naylor. Yeah. Naylor looked pretty good. He did look good. He looked, uh, he's very thick, yeah. but he's pretty athletic. But let me tell you, he can fucking hit. He can. So I think he's the first prospect. A lot prospect. of contact. A lot. Hard contact, too. He's not, like, blooping the ball. I mean, he hits the ball hard. I think he's the first prospect traded. Well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> you never know. We knew that as soon as they traded... Uh... For, or as soon as they... Well, Dave and Jeff are over well, saying Quantrill. I certainly hope not. As soon as the Padres traded Delarte to get Eric Hosmer, then... That, I thought they traded uh, Laminette to get Hosmer. No, they picked up Hosmer from the Phillies because they traded Hosmer to get Laminette. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, come on. As soon as we brought in Hosmer, then you knew Naylor was gone. Yeah. And to your point, yeah, if the DH comes in, I don't think it will. But if it does, I like having Naylor there, man. Because he can he, hit. He can hit, and he's not slow. No, I mean he's he's still below average. You know, twenty eighty scale speed. He's probably a thirty, but for a guy his size, he moves a lot quicker than you would think. He does also look like he drops some weight. He looks thick. He doesn't look heavy. Yeah, yeah. Like so. we always like to call him fat. Yeah. I, 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 
well, Slosh Naylor. Yeah, he. I mean, he's bigger than the other guys there. There was a. He's guy, also short. He's who not was very that tall. guy? His last name was like Rutherford or some shit at first base. Man, this guy was a big country boy, <laughs> oh, yeah. and he was fat corn fed. Yeah. Corn fed. That's that mo- that motherfucker was fat. But Naylor, yeah. yeah, some impressive stuff on the prospect field. Reggie Lawson looked really good. We got to yeah. see him pitch in that minor league game. He throws easy gas. Yeah, he does gas. He really does. He's blowing it by guys, but uh, yeah, a lot of fun, but. We're only a week away from opening day. We are nine days away as we're recording this today as it is, what, March 20th? Indeed it is. My March grandfather's 20th, so. 92nd birthday tomorrow. Oh, wow. Happy birthday to him. So nine days away. Um, we're opening day. Um, there's obviously opening days. The game's at like 1 o'clock this year. It's super early. Yeah. But then the Kept Faith, the live meetup, we will be there. Um, you're going to be there, right? Yeah. Okay. So you'll be there. I'll be there. Uh, Bay City Brewing, that'll be about 5.30 is when it starts over by the sports arena. So... Find us out there. We'll be there. We get to meet Leisure Fryer. Oh, God, finally. He you mean will, he's real? He will be there. He he's like real. Santa Claus. You know, you've heard stories about him for centuries, but you've never actually gotten to meet him. Just, you know, mall impersonators. That is true. That is true. He is the uh, Jesus Christ of Padre Square. <laughs> <laughs> so we will, get to, we will get to meet him. And, uh, yeah, Danny and I will be out there. It'll be cool to meet everyone. We do look forward to that. Um, he's, oh God. he's over here laughing. He's, he's got a date he's got to get to. So, uh, oh. we'll, we'll be back uh, next week, right? Yeah, we will be back next week. I'm at least at the live, that, uh, live meetup. Yeah. Uh, but probably one more episode. I'm sure they're going to, they're going to go over rosters. So we'll shit on their, uh, 25 man roster next week. Yeah, that works. Maybe we'll have a short show. And then we did put out that, um, that poll about people wanting us to do, or people saying they would listen to us doing pregame shows. So we got to talk about that a little more about the logistics of that and maybe, Talk some shit before the game starts. Yeah, I'm down for that. I'm definitely down for that. So anyways, hey, you guys, uh, thanks for checking in. We'll see you next week. We're out of here. I love the gays.